the worst thing that could have happened to him all weekend just happened. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 149. Not sure if there's going to be a 150, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today, we recount the ups and the downs of Spirit Sports from the heart pounding performances to the unexpected setbacks, and then find out what I did that be more found to be a little bit rude at the competition. After that, we tackle a question raised about fairness and division sports. And why would Varsity let a team of 10 compete against a team of 30? We unravel the complexities of division splits, competition regulations, and then we shed a light on the guidelines of division splits. Then in our Sounds Like That question of the week, we talk about crossovers and their ability to warm up safely. Is 20 minutes between performances really enough time lastly we did record this episode while live on ig so we take unexpected questions from the comment section so you know how that can be but before we get into that if you are new welcome to the show where we are bringing cheer education and entertainment to both coaches and parents alike and when we can bridging the gap between the parents and the coaches new episodes every tuesday on spotify on apple Podcasts, and on google podcast Quick shout out to Claire who helps us stay on top of things on IG. Shout out to Jenny who edits the pod. Shout out to my mother, love you mom. Shout out to Sheila, Robin, Chanel, Tamara, Mike, the lean, mean coaching machine. Shout out to Adam. Shout out to Casey. Shout out to Melissa from the Sweet Miss Bake Shop. Check her out on IG. Shout out to Lauren Clark. I actually used to coach a Lauren Clark, but it's not the same one. Shout out to Pablo, representing for all the cheer dads out there. Shout out to our mate, Michelle. Shout out to Erica. Shout out to Bo. Say hi to me. It's my birthday, Beal. Shout out to Austin. Thanks for the headbands, man. Shout out to World Class Cheer and our newest supporter, Hallie. Shout out to the homies in Seattle. Again, Everything donated goes towards giving you a better listening experience. So if you want to help support the show financially, there's a link in the show notes. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a cheer mom who represents all of you parent listeners out there. And that's the questions that you guys have at home. Don't be less when you can be more. Be more. What's good? You know, Southern California, we're getting all this rain. So me, even though I've grown up here my whole life, I'm loving this rain. I love the cold. I love the rain. Coming off of a weekend of cheerleading. And for me, I'm going into a one-day competition of cheerleading this Saturday. And then the Super Bowl. This will air after the Super Bowl. But I'm just here for the snacks. I'm a Super Bowl snack kind of person. And Taylor's boyfriend. Hello. And Taylor's boyfriend. There you go. Yo, (laughs) <laughs> I didn't even know who that was before Travis started dating her. You know, now I know. I never even heard of that lady. So here we go. Yeah, dude, Spirit Sports was a was a good time. You know, we had to come on and we had to talk about Spirit Sports, you know, 
what's funny about that is that my coach Junior Blue and your daughter is a part of Junior Blue. So it's like, I want to be happy for all of our teams that did so well, but we had the tragic experience of, of what happened on stage with Junior Blue. I really felt bad for them because they had really been working really hard these last couple of weeks. I, I really think these last few weeks are ever since the Christmas break, we've had some really solid practices. And, you know, I didn't think we had our best day one performance in Indy, but I thought we were pretty strong day two in Indy. And then we had a really strong practices leading into spirit sports. So I felt really good about spirit sports and they killed it on day one. Obviously there's things we can tighten up, but they looked great on day one of spirit sports. And then, you know, we get the scores back. We're winning. I'm like, dude, we got this thing. We got this thing. Let's go. Just go out there and don't implode. And then we imploded on day two. And I was like, are you kidding me? So, but that's, you know, that's the sport right there, man. That's the sport. And so, you know, but there's what I liked about it was that the kids, not that what I liked about it, but positive is that the team has been practicing hard. They have been looking good and they showed, you know, all of that resulted on Saturday. Now we were 30 seconds away from finishing the job on Sunday, but, you know, and that's again, that's just part of the sport, but I was glad to see that we were, you know, being the team that we wanted to be, we just didn't, you know, seal the deal, right? We just lost in the last 30 seconds or so. But I think the kids like really are understanding like, yeah, we can be that team. So I'm really looking forward to to USA and and all that. But Spirit Sports, aside from our implosion, would you, you know, you have a good time at Spirit Sports in Palm Springs? Spirit Sports is always one of my favorite competitions. Somebody in the chat just said that Spirit Sports feels like a Cali showcase. And I seriously disagree. It is such a fun competition. I will say <laughs> I'm kind of biting myself in the behind. I had talked about it last year about how we camp for Spirit Sports and how awesome it is and blah, 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 blah. And now there was like 10 extra campers there and we kind of got in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I think maybe, you know, we might rethink it next year, even though it's very convenient. But I've always said, if you want your kids to fall in love with cheerleading, I feel like that's where you should take them to. Just seeing all the cheerleaders practicing out on the grass and, you know, the excitement of that is like super cool. As a parent, I walk and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is something that should be on the movies. It's really, really cool. Mm -hmm. I will say, I do think that the convention center did a great job of, you know, putting the tape down, even though some people just don't pay attention to getting out of the walkways. Mm -hmm. And they definitely stepped up their game this year on the parent lineup section. I'm going to keep preaching about that because that is the biggest thing for me. It was really good. It was good this year. Yeah. You know, after, after Spirit Sports, I started thinking like I should create like stands that people can like buy so where they like showcase the team's name. So you like line up behind that. Like I should start a business of that because it would be so helpful. But, you know, like you said, my kids were super hyped for day one. I usually don't ever look at scores and someone had said the scores to them. And then, you know, of course, I had to look at the scores. We were feeling really good about day one. And then <laughs> I'm not going to lie, my heart sank like it went to the ground mm -hmm. and somebody stepped all over it. And it's, it's probably me <laughs> when I fainted. <laughs> 
<laughs> I will say though, like stuff happens. I don't care. Like, and you know, I don't care what anybody says. Things happen. And one person puts the, you know, point of their toe a different way and someone can trip and fall. That is life. Things happen. Mm -hmm. All you have to, like, I took away from this is telling my kids, if you tried your hardest, that's all you can do. And nothing's ever going to change my opinion. People make mistakes and nobody wants to make a mistake. That's the thing. Nobody wants to make a mistake. So when it happens, it's sad. It's devastating. And the girls were upset. But it's like, there's nothing we can do about it. Like, all you can do is try to fix what mistake mm -hmm. you made and go on about your life. It's not the end of the world. But I do see like how the cheerleaders like it's devastating to them. So and let me say this, because I want to get your opinion on this, because we have not talked about this at all. I actually haven't talked to any parents about this at all. But just if you guys already got the story, but I'll fill you guys in. We're winning. We're winning by a, a decent amount. We have like a 97 something on day one. I think the next closest team might have been like a, a 95, maybe a night a, a, like a low 96, something like that. But we had a decent lead on day one. We get to the pyramid and then we have a a major building fall. We actually had two major building falls. They only called us on one, but they gave us what they end up giving us was one major building fall and two building bobbles. In my opinion, we had two major buildings. So that but the pyramid just implodes and it's just not good, right? And at Spirit Sports, you don't watch the video behind stage. At Spirit Sports in Palm Springs, when you're done, you have to like walk through the crowd and you walk all the way to the back of the convention center to watch your replay of your video. So the kids come off stage after we just imploded and we're standing there and I'm like, man, I really don't want to have these kids watch this video. And I kind of hope they feel the same way. And I go, hey, guys, do you guys want to watch the video? And I'm pretty sure it was Kensley or Ryland who just was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And everyone else was like, no, coach. I was like, all right. So we walked straight to the team room and we went. So we kind of ghosted the parents. So I'm assuming you were standing there like waiting for your kids. You know, what What do you think about that when we just didn't show up to the video? Don't take my head off. But I thought it was rude. I didn't <laughs> I didn't agree with it. I and here's the thing. I'm not their coach. I'm not the one that makes the decisions. So that's I, I just thought it was rude. Like I didn't think it was very sportsmanlike, even though, you know. Well, rude to who? Is your gym heading to the All-Star Worlds this year? If so, you've got to check out the Next Generation Gym Owners One Day Business Builder Conference in Orlando on April 22nd. This conference offers business education for all-star gym owners from the best business experts in the industry, Next Gen, and is perfect for owners looking to grow their gyms. Learn more at ngconferences.com. Link in the show notes. To the parents, I think more so to the parents because, you know, all the parents are back there like lining up to watch the video review. It's kind of something that we do. Like, I understand that they had a fall and it was a big fall. Don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, I had someone next to me that like grabbed my arm, you know, like I was like, oh, took my mm -hmm. breath away. But I just, you know, the parents are standing back there like watching the video review and it was kind of embarrassing that we're standing there watching it and they weren't there. Yeah. I mean, is it a big deal? It's not a big deal now. Now, at the time, I was like, God, that's kind of rude. Like, why didn't our kids come out here? You know, like and, you know, knowing now that my kid was like, no, that's totally probably Kinsley. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I think even though if you do fall and you have, you know, a bad issue that you should still watch your video review, you're not going to be happy with it again. But let me tell you how many times my kid watched the 
playback on varsity in our trailer so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, to me, I don't like, if you're going to watch the playback and I'm talking about my kid right now, if you're going to watch the playback Mm -hmm. after you've performed and you've walked off stage and you've been dismissed, you could have watched the playback with your parents. And that that's just how I feel. Well, I'll tell you this. I never, I rarely watch routines when we, I mean, I'll watch it to analyze, Hey, what happened? But I think in that moment, the kids don't want to relive that. You know, they are, they feel terrible. They just had the worst thing that could have happened to them all weekend just happened, right? The worst thing that could happen to them all weekend, which was, hey, Jason, what's the worst thing? They were in second, they were in first place for their division. They were in second place for the paid bid by like minuscule nothing. So second place for the paid bid. And the worst thing that could happen is that at the very end of the routine, they fall apart. Not one stunt group, not one kid, but the team fell apart, right? So as a team, they fell apart. And, you know, they don't want to talk to anyone. They don't want to see anyone. So as as embarrassing as it is as a parent, right? Oh, we had to sit there and watch the video without our kids. The kids, the worst thing that could have happened to them all weekend just happened. And as a coach, I'm like, do you want to re? do you really want to relive that moment? Like, what's the point of reliving that moment? And then having people, you know, when people like try to comfort you and you don't feel like talking to anyone, you're like, just leave me alone. Just stop talking to me. I don't want to talk about it right now. Right. And so everyone's going to be over them telling them it's okay. And they don't want to hear that. It's okay. They want to know it's not okay. We just freaking fell all over the place. Stop trying to comfort me right now. I just want to be mad and angry and upset and, you know, have my emotions and not have anyone try to comfort me, you know? And I always try to tell that to the kids, like, it's okay to be upset and mad because so many times they try, people try to tell you that you don't need to be upset. You know, no, I want to be upset. Like, that's my real emotion. That's how I feel right now. And so, and I just don't see the point of them in that exact moment, reliving that feeling, right? That, that moment again, right? You know, if later you calm down, like, and I understand later on, you calm down, your emotions aren't in it. You actually want to see what happened. Then, yeah, I, I get that. But I think in the moment, you're just like, you know, I, I feel like in the moment, there's no real point to relive that experience because we already know what happened. We had this uh we had this DVD and that's how old you know DVD there we go of our nationals routine 2007 we were gangsters out there we had this great routine and we actually ended our routine on the pyramid it was such a great routine perfect routine end our routine on the pyramid pyramid the last structure of the pyramid like everyone goes crashing down to the ground uh one of the alumni ended up making a um of a video like a highlight reel of the season like an end of the year type video whatever so it's like it's moments from throughout the season most of it comes from nationals right it's just us being silly and goofy and and whatever and then the very last part of the video is the actual routine and you know you're watching the routine and it gets to the the pyramid where it just completely crashes to the ground and and you know it's a college pyramid so all the girls are connected two and a half high right it's not like separate structures all of the girls are in the air and they're all like literally holding on to each other and so when one fell like the whole thing came crashing to the ground i remember so this video it's super cool video and then it gets to that point in the pyramid and the video pauses and it's like we all know what happened here so i thought it better to show you this and it shows like some car crash or something like that i'm just glad i don't have to relive that moment like no one wants and the other thing, and this is very true, you know, we do 
our our videos at practice. You know, you're at practice and we go and we'll film something and we'll put it on TV and, you know, we'll film it or whatever. I never allow the kids to watch their drops because when you drop something or when you make a mistake, watching a mistake or reviewing a mistake makes it more likely that it's going to happen again. It, it ingrains in your self-image and your self-image is who you think you are and you cannot outperform your self-image. So kids watching their mistakes actually increases the likelihood of the mistake happening again. And so with such a big team mistake where, you know, with such a big team mistake happening, just felt like why should the whole team instill that in their brains that we, it's one thing for if one stunt group drops, but I, you know, kids inherently just look at their stunt group when they watch the routine and, you know, well, you know, and we're at competition, but when the whole team just kind of imploded, it was like, uh, I don't think it's best for our self image nor their emotions. We already know what happened. I don't need to see it again. Right. So anyway, that totally makes sense. You said that. And then, I mean, I didn't guess this is why we do it. Right. So we can see different perspectives. I didn't even think about it like that. There was also somebody on on here on our chat that said sometimes they need a few minutes to process their emotions, which I, you know, I never even thought about that. I mean, so it's that's totally true. And then there's a couple of things in the chat I wanted to address. How are parents watching the playbacks? I've only been to comps where the video playback is backstage where the parents aren't allowed. I think Spirit Sports does it a little bit differently. Well, at least at this competition than most, if correct me if I'm wrong, they have the playbacks in like the back of the convention center hall and it's there all day long. So if you can't get a front row spot to someone watch someone perform, you can see it right after and see that. But yeah, makes sense. I mean, I I obviously, you know, it happened. I mean, it was just a culture shock for us because we're used to seeing it. So no, yeah, for sure. And yeah, for everyone on listening to this the traditional way on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we are recording live while or we're recording while live on Instagram. So if you hear us answering questions are coming from Instagram right now. But yeah, Spirit Sports is the only event I know. And well, I'll be specific. Spirit Sports Palm Springs is the only event I know that does the video play playback in the actual hall where everyone can see it if they want to. So Typically, the playbacks are behind the stage on a TV, but they have them on big projectors. So you can just walk back there and, you know, so it's usually the kids and the parents watching the playback of the routine. One more thing before we get into like a break. Hey, shout out to Austin Posse right here. I was hitting bombs the other day on the golf course. He's on the live. But the other thing, hot take B. I know you love my hot takes. So hot take right here. (laughs) After going to Spirit Sports, guys, one ring maximum per year. That's my new hot take. One ring maximum per year. Guys, I can't with 12 year olds with 15 rings on their necklaces. I'm like, you haven't cheered that long to have 15 rings on your necklace. And so what's happening is that kids are having a great season and then getting a ring for every competition they won that season. <laughs> like, yo, we won Jam Fest. We won USA. We won NCA, and we won the Summit. So I'm getting four different rings. No, 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 no. You get one ring and you put all the events on that one ring. But stop trying to act like you're the 18-time world champion please so but if you are going to get multiple rings get your rings from our sponsor evolve you know the (laughs) the sponsor of this episode evolve so uh play the clip right 
now. But anyway, yeah, the, these kids walking around with all these drinks is killing me. So, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, anyway, that's my hot take. So, sorry. Sorry if you're mad at me. B, you got anything. But if the ring, but here, here's the caveat. If if the competition gives you a ring, then you can have the ring. Then you have multiple rings from the same season. But if you have to make a custom ring for the event, then no, you have to get one ring at the end of the year with all your accomplishments on it. So there you go. I am not buying my child a ring unless they won and it's from a prestigious competition. Not saying that <laughs> not all competitions aren't, pre- I mean, to me, they're not prestigious. So in somebody else's eyes, they might be like certain ones. I mean, I don't need to name names or anything. Don't name <laughs> don't name a single one. You're going to lose a sponsor. <laughs> but I'm just telling you right now, like, I will say this. If my daughter, my daughter's got second, Junior Blue got second place at Jam Fest. I'm not buying them a ring. You didn't get in first place. If they would have got first place. <laughs> second place. <laughs> well, it's the truth. Come on, come on. Come on, second place championship yeah, ring on, baby. Absolutely not. If they would have won first place, then it would have been a thought that we would have me and their father would have talked about it more so because I feel like that is a huge super nationals competition. But I'm not buying my kids rings at competitions. Like, I'm sorry. And and even there's some competitions that give out rings. I'm like, what are you trying to be? But that's just me. (laughs) There you go. But again, if you are going to get rings, get them from Evolve. (laughs) Okay, I guess we get to a a break real quick and then um, we'll come back and we have... Ooh, we got something juicy. I'm not sure if it's juicy. I think it is juicy. But uh, what's popping with the parents? Let's go. Guys, comp season is here and champions are being crowned every weekend. Commemorate your victory with a championship ring from Evolve. Have you ever seen those designs by Santuan, those championship rings on Instagram? Well, Evolve is the company that brings those designs to life. So if you're looking for a championship ring with a championship ring design, champions don't settle. Champions evolve. Evolve where champions forge their legacy. Visit EvolveScholastics.com or follow them on Instagram at EvolveChampRings. Link in the show notes. Killed it. Let's go. And we are back. Guys, we got a great question for the uh, what's popping with the parents today. So this might enlighten some of you guys. We had this. I posted something on one of our Something I posted on IG, got a lot of comments on it. And so this is kind of a question that was left in the comments. So here we go. We're going to go ahead and answer it on the show. So B, what are we working with today? So this person says, why is it okay for Varsity to put a team of 30 against a team of 10 and admit what they did was wrong and not fix it? It's very discouraging that they may admit mistakes, but they do nothing to correct them. No apology. Varsity needs new ownership with integrity. So with that, that was kind of a... It's kind of a mixed bag for me with that question. Varsity. So she's talking about they they have a team of I'm assuming she was the team of 10. There's a team of 10 competing against a team of 30 and they competed against each other. And she wants to know why is it okay for Varsity to do that? And Varsity admitted that they were wrong. Now, I will say. I do not believe that Varsity said it was wrong because that happens, I want to say all of the time, but it does happen often where a small team competes against a large team because it's in the rules that way. So in the rules, and I'm talking about Varsity's rules, USASF, right? So USASF, our governing body, right? They make the rules that we compete on for all-star cheerleading. Varsity is a USASF you know, event producer, right? So they have to follow USASF rules and guidelines. The USASF 
dictates when teams are split into different divisions, right? They're the ones who make the, you know, what we call the age grid and, you know, how old kids can be on teams, you know, when their birthday has to be, you know, they're the ones who create the divisions. And then they give guidelines on when divisions can be split into, you know, you know, different divisions, right? So let's just say it's junior two. You cannot split a division until, and this is like a requirement, you cannot split a division into small and large or sorry, small and medium until there are two teams in each division. So if one team signs up with 10 kids in junior two and another team signs up with 30 kids in junior two, they are, they cannot split those teams out. They have to compete against each other until another small team signs up and another medium team signs up, right? So there has to be competition in both divisions before they can split. And the USASF, if you, anyone can do this, you go to USASF, I think it's .net maybe, but USASF.net, go to all-star, look up the rules, actually go to the age grid, find the age grid on the USASF website, and it will show you the, the breakdown of when and how teams can be split. And they'll let you know all the guidelines as far as when and how a team can be split. So that, you know, when varsity puts a team, a smaller team against a larger team, it's not that varsity wants to, I guarantee you, I don't want to guarantee it, but event producers like splitting divisions on one end because they, they it creates more winners and more winners creates happier customers and happier customers come back to your events. It does make things a little bit more expensive. You have to buy more backpacks and medals and stuff. But, you know, they do split divisions because it does make, you know, people happier, it creates more winners. So, but that is the rule. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I agree with the rule. I, I kind of do agree with the rule, but I'm not saying I agree with the rule. I'm just saying that it is a rule and, you know, they have, to, they have guidelines as far as when they can split divisions and when they can't split divisions. And that's why you'll see a team of 10 compete against a team of 30 as fair or unfair as one may think it is. So there we go. B, does that make sense to you? Or did anyone have any questions about that in the comments? It definitely makes sense now that you explained it, which I'm really glad you did because opens up a lot of things for when you go to a competition and you look at the schedule and who's in what and that type of thing. Somebody said, assuming you lost, would you rather compete against no one and get an empty win? This comment, what this wasn't us, it was somebody else. So let me ask you, Jason, would you rather compete against no one and get an empty win? Or would you rather compete against a team of 30 if you were a team of 10? No, we're competing. We're a team of 10. We're going against a 30. We're going hard. I, I, I want our kids to be resilient. I don't want our kids to be scared of anybody. I want our kids to be able to look anyone in the eye and and say that we competed against them and we and we held our own, regardless of how much better of them or how much better they are than us. I do not want our kids scared of anybody. I want them to line up against. I don't care who you put against us. We're going to line up against you and we're going to compete against you. Right. And so, yeah, then we would just have to. And that's uh, I'm assuming that this team is better just because you have 30 kids on your team does not mean you're better. It just means you have more kids. More is not better. Better is better. So, but we're, I'm just going to assume that the team is better. We're not scared of anyone. We're going to go, we're going to compete and competition makes you just be better. You know, when there's something on the line, it brings out the best in us. And that's something I've said on the pod a billion times about just competition makes you stronger and better. And so, yeah, you might get your butt kicked. It is what it is. But when you get real feedback from the judges or you compare yourself you know, the team's not that much better than you, right? 
and it lets you, and if they are that much better than you, okay, what are they doing in their routine that's allowing that? Because when you score head to head, you're going to see, we got a 3.7 in execution. They got a 3.9 in execution. What are they doing that we're not doing? Maybe you want to pull up that video. Hey guys, you see how when they do their stunts, their feet are frozen. That's something we really got to work on. We really got to work on freezing their feet because that's why they, you know, that's why they beat us here. You see when they do their tumbling, all their kids, they 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 did a stick and a stand. See how we're walking right here? So these are things we got to tighten up in case we see these guys again. But I don't think we should teach our kids to be scared of other teams because these other teams are just made up of kids just like them. 10, you know, junior team, right? So 10 to 14 year olds or whatever, you know, they're just regular kids who go to school just like you, who put on their pants one leg at a time, just like you. When you prick them, they bleed red, just like you. The only difference is what they are doing at practice. So, okay, if we want to beat them in the future, let's change our habits at practice and let's go out and go against them. But I'm not going to play the the victim card and be like, well, they had 30 kids on their team or they, you know, whatever. Let's go. It's competition. That's what we do. So there you go. What else we got? I think that's it for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me started, people. I didn't know I was going to go there. All right. So we had a uh, a follow up question on that, an actual follow up question on one from IG. So what, 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 what about division splits? What else we got, B? Cheer coaches, is your routine a hot mess? Okay, maybe not hot mess, but you know that if you're going to be competitive, you've got to figure out a way to get your routine cleaner. All right, well, my highly requested training, How to Clean Your Routine, is finally a digital course that you can purchase right now. So no more blah performances. Click the link in the show notes and get ready for crispy, clean routines. When it comes to division splits, when do comp split divisions into A slash B? How do they decide where each team goes? Good to know. And I'm excited to hear this because when we went to Jamfest and my children's division, there was three A, B, and C. So please give us all the knowledge. There you go. So again, all this, you can find this on USASF's website on when they split divisions, but they will split. They they cannot split a division A and B. So what we mean by that that is before uh, the question before is talking about we had a small team, uh, you know, USASF division standard. It was small. That team was considered small. The other team 30 was considered a medium team. They're technically two different divisions, but you can't split those divisions small and medium until there are two teams in each division. Now you might go to competition. You see that they've split A and B. That's not the same thing. A and B means that those teams actually could all compete against each other. So like you said, when we went to Jam Fest, there was small junior a, B, and C. But those were all small junior teams, and they didn't actually have to split those. They give event producers the authority to make a decision if they want to split once a division reaches 10 competitors. So once a team, once a division has 10 competitors in it, then they can decide to split it off into two different divisions, right? But they can't do it before that. Even if they wanted to, they are not supposed to know nca actually has their own um rules and they the numbers kind of change every year but i think this year the number is like 16 that they go no we're not going to split until 16 really just because nca people want to go and compete and know that they are the the national champion so they decide to like even up the ante even more and say hey we're going to make the uh, division splits at at 16 but yeah why do they do it i think it's really twofold 
I think one, it does, obviously it gets harder to really decipher who the national champion is. The more teams are in one division, right? I think it'll give us a more accurate depiction of who the champion actually is with less teams to actually judge. And the other thing is, I just think it creates more winners. Again, it's a lot better to say you got fifth place than to say you got 10th place, right? And you're like, no, we got fifth, you know, good job guys. But 10th, you know. (laughs) <laughs> it just sounds, it just hits different. Tenth place just hits different. But yeah, that's how they uh decide. But yeah, there's a bunch of other, but there are there's a bunch of other guidelines on there of when they can and can't. I remember back in the day, co-ed wasn't an was not an automatic split. Now it is, but before co-ed used to not be an automatic split. You know, so if you had a boy on your team, you had to wait for to compete against another boy in your team or have it compete against a team, another co-ed team for them to split you out, or for another all-girl team, or you know, two in each division. But yeah, they used to have co-eds going against all girls all the time. That was like, you know, normal back in the day. But yeah, they they fixed that. Any follow-ups in the comments on that, B? Or any follow-ups from you? No, that made sense to me. And I hope it made sense to the parents also. Somebody said, we got 14th last year at Super Nationals, but we were in the other group. But if we were in the other group, we would have been in like fifth. (laughs) I don't know. Part of me, like... (laughs) Like when you said it creates more winners, I mean, I'm not one to say anything, but it makes me wonder like if they did like a day three and they took all the first place in A, B and C Mm -hmm. to get the actual winners. But speaking of that, I mean, so how do they split? There we go. It's a great question, B. So some of them, most of them are split on... (laughs) Thanks, V. <laughs> Most of them are split on numbers, ages, uh, ages, number of kids on your team. So they'll say 17 and less is going to be in the C division and 18 and more is going to be in the, you know, B division and whatever, right? So most of them are split by numbers and I'll try to keep like-sized teams together. But I know NCA, and I'm not sure if any other programs or event producers do it, but I'm sure some of them do, where they just literally just split it randomly or they tell us it's random, right? <laughs> hey, yeah, slide a little money on the table. Hey, let me let me get in that division, homie. <laughs> But most of the time it is split by numbers, but I know NCA, and I'll say this about NCA, the reason, or there's the reason NCA told us coaches why they decided to not split it by numbers anymore was because so many teams are trying to switch in and out of division. So when you find out, so they give you a team list, right? And it lists every team that's competing at the competition and you know how many kids they have on their team and you know that NCA is going to split it you know by numbers so coaches go man looks like all the hard teams have 30 kids on their team you know what we about to have 29 kids on this team hey Susie you ain't paid that bill yet you ain't competing at NCA and then all of a sudden they have 29 kids and they get split into the other division right and that happens a hundred percent it happens and believe me I've been tempted I'm telling you I've been tempted I've been like yo I gotta get out of this division never at American it was at back at PCM I remember specifically it was like Woodlands Elite and Cheer Athletics and California All-Stars and I'm like what are we doing guys I was, I was dying but we we competed. We got third. You stingrays in the division. I'm like, why we got every super gym in our division? Another division was mom and pop all stars. This is before D2 splits. Like this is before D2 happened, right? So everyone was competing against everyone. I was like, man. Now I didn't have the authority or the 
the cachet to do something like that. But believe me, young Jason, I definitely wanted to. Um, but anyway, but teams 100% were doing that. And so, but it messes up. You know, they're trying to schedule like over a thousand teams in this thing. And so teams split it. So it made it easier that they have to change a team's division if their numbers changed, you know, throughout the week. They were able just to leave them in the division. But again, most of the time, it's just because of how many athletes you have on the team. They try to keep like sized teams together. Yeah. So that's actually what they did at Jam Fest was was by numbers. So yeah. What else we got? Be anything else? Anything else before we move on to uh our question, our sounds like that question of the week? I don't think so. All right. We'll get to a break and then we'll come back and we got the sounds like that question of the week. You guys always hear me talk about Sounds Like That, the official music producer of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Well, Sounds Like That is actually part of a bigger music team, Power Music. Power Music, your number one source for licensed cheer and dance music with over 750 pre-made mixes. These pre-made mixes are perfect for a variety of teams, including half-year teams, prep teams, novice, school, dance, and more, with prices starting as low as $15. Say it louder for the people in the back, as low as $15, and full 2-minute and 30-second tracks are available for just $95. You can easily find the perfect mix for your team, no matter the budget. But that's not all. You can also customize your mix with voiceovers, sound effects, song swaps, and more. With instant downloads available, you can have your perfect mix ready today if you wanted. Head on over to PowerTierMusic.com and use the promo code LTC10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Link in the show notes. And we are back, guys. Here we go. We've got the sounds like that question of the week. Pretty good question that we have here. It's actually been in the queue for a minute, probably over a year. It's been sitting there, but we're finally going to answer it today. But sounds like that, the official music producer of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast and all of our American cheer tracks. Guys, let me throw this out there. Obviously, you guys all have music right now. I hope you have music. If you don't have music, definitely go to soundslikethat.com. But anthems are on the rise. So, you know, we got our we got our anthems. You guys need to get an anthem for your gym. Get your kids pumped up. Like, it's just a hype song. You know, the big anthem hype mix that we have at the gym that we pull around you know we've gotten like three or four of them throughout the years but those always get the kids pumped especially when we're walking the warm-ups we're playing our anthem and it's just like a cheer track but not a cheer track but it just pumps up the gym it shouts out all the kids or all the teams in the gym so it's super cool it's a really cool just hype track for the gym so um yeah get you an anthem from sounds like that and you know let them know we uh we sent you b what's our sounds like that question of the week question of the week is what do you think of the rule that only guarantees 20 minutes between performances for crossovers at competitions. Do you think that's enough time to safely warm up and rest those athletes? That is a very interesting question. We only get, so in case you want to know this, B, you're only guaranteed 20 minutes in between performances when you have crossovers. So the twins are on junior two and junior one. They only get 20 minutes. They're only guaranteed 20 minutes in between performances, not 20 minutes in between the performance and their warm up time. They're guaranteed 20 minutes in between performances. So the 20 minute thing is actually it's really tight. It basically means they miss their warm up. They basically miss their warm up time if they are on two teams and they only get the 20, you know, getting at 20 minutes. Sometimes 
sometimes just because of the way the schedule falls out. Obviously, they're on two different ends of the spectrum, but a lot of times those teams are competing pretty close to each other. So 20 minutes is really tight. Depends on what competition you're at. You might be able to catch the last mat of your warm-up time for your other team. You know, it's a weird, I have mixed feelings about it because I understand the logistics as far as if they extend it more, it creates havoc on the schedule and they're trying to schedule literally hundreds, if not, you know, tens of hundreds of teams, right? Over, you know, a thousand plus teams, right? And so I understand that it creates havoc on the schedule if you we guarantee you get an hour in between teams or, you know, maybe even 30 minutes might cause a big problem. I think that we as an industry, I don't want to say as an industry, but I think we as a program, I think programs have been doing this a while, have kind of gotten used to the 20 minute thing and you get, you know, you get creative, like we're just kind of take advantage of our, our warm up time, our pre warm up time and make sure everything is warmed up prior to that athlete going to their second team. But this is a thing. I'm not sure. I'm sure lots of coaches know this, but you can take other athletes into your warm up room, right? Or a second team into your warm up room, right? So if, you know, again, if you have kids that cross over from your junior one to your junior two, you can take both teams in the warm up room and have them both warm up at the same time just to make sure they they do that. We don't ever really do that. I'm sure we've done it. Maybe not the whole team, but taken like a stunt group or two to do that. But, you know, when you have a warm up time, you know, you can bring you know, both squads in there and warm them all up at the same time and then re-warm them up during that. But what we do is we try to just take advantage of our pre-warm-up time, you know, time we have in the um, in our team rooms or grass time or anything like that. But it is, I do find it a little weird that in cheerleading, we're not, I do find it a little weird that we don't have a guaranteed safe warm up for the athletes with enough time. I think uh what do we get? We got 12 minutes in this last at Spirit Sports you get 12 minutes on the like on dead mat to warm up all your building skills. You get 8 minutes on a tumble strip and then you get another 4 minutes on the spring floor. If the kids met five minutes before their warm-up time and just walk straight into the warm-up room, I don't think that's enough time to properly warm up your routine and then have them go and safely compete it. Now, obviously, we all warm up way before our warm-up time, but I think it's a little strange that you don't have like a guaranteed like time when you are going to be like properly warm-up. Now, we have open warm-up mats, and I get it. There's open warm-up mats, and they give you a team room, and, and you get grass. But it's always like just been I always thought that was weird that you didn't get like like a guaranteed like enough time to like warm up if you wanted to meet exactly at your warm up time. I don't know. So obviously no one does that. We all warm up before our warm up time. But I always thought it was kind of weird that we had like, I don't know. So anyway, yeah. So any yeah, that's a question. But it's been in the it's been in the queue for a minute. Figured I'll answer one of these days. But answers it just now. So, yeah. Uh, any follow-ups on that, B? Anything from the comments? Anything you want to know? I think as a parent, somebody had said in the chat, as a parent of a crossover, she hates going that close together. I personally can relate to that. My daughter's crossed over last year. And that I can remember of, there wasn't, they weren't too close together, like 20 minutes together, um, maybe like an hour. But I also kind of think like the athletes already warmed up from their first team. And yeah, they're probably tired, but they're already warmed up going into their second team. So that kind of gives them a little bit of an advantage for not warming mm -hmm. up with the second team. I can totally understand like they're tired. They've been here for, you know, three hours and they just competed and now they got to wait for another hour and then compete. But they're warmed up. So, I mean, I don't know. Pack lots of snacks in your bag so they can like throw something <laughs> in their mouth real quick. 
Pack them snacks. Get them uh, fruit snacks, homies. All right, guys. Dude, B. So, B, you were caught up in some drama, B. I don't want to say you. You weren't caught up in drama. But your girls went to Jams Nationals for RMS for their middle school team. And they looked incredible, as always. And, you know, went, killed it. And Jams posted a video about them, right? Jams posted a video about everyone. You know, you competed here. They post a little thing and, you know, they showed their video, whatever. And most of the comments were of parents and athletes being like, yay, RMS, go Bulldogs, right? And then there was a hater in the comments. So one thing, I'm not even sure where we're going with this, but it just reminded me that haters gonna hate, you know, like, and it just, it went back to, I can't remember what she said, but she said something about just, you probably remember better than I do, but she said something about them cheating and favoritism and all the kids can tumble. So they should be in a different level. And, you know, but I think that went back to the, I think it honestly points back to the fact that we can't look ourselves in the face and say that that team was just flat out better than us. That we always have to make an excuse of why a team beat us and go, oh, well, they cheated. Well, they should be in a different level. They shouldn't compete in that level. And so, you know, uh, you don't have to, you don't have to spill the tea, but you know, anything, what, you know, what, what do you, what do you have to say for this B? Not say for the, but you know, what, 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 what's your input on this? One thing about me is those are my babies. You're a cheer mom out there and you're trying to figure out how can I get some cute designs, some cute clothes for the cheer competition. You can't figure out your life because a lot of this stuff out there is kind of cheesy. But so the struggle is real for you. But SS Spirit Designs has stylish, you know, trendy stuff. They got you covered for your cheer mom fashion needs. So go to SSDesignsSpiritWear.com. Use the promo code LTC15. Get 15% off of your order. And nobody's <laughs> nobody's going to be mean to them besides me. I don't care if you're um, a 12-year-old athlete or not because me and your mama going to have problems then. Um, <laughs> I think I was more, you know, when I was reading that comment the next morning, I promise to all the gods, the first thing that popped in my head was you saying, haters gonna hate. Um, <laughs> and I had to rewrite what I wanted to say a million times. But yeah, they basically said like all these people, all these kids should be technically on a level two team because they all know how to tumble. And this was kind of hard for me. I'm sure I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, but a middle school level one team is equivalent to an all star level two team. And maybe not with everything, but with tumbling anyways, that's the easiest way that I can like think of it is it does look like it was stunned too. Like when I watch RMS's routine, it looks like a level two all-star routine. Mm -hmm. But here's another thing that people that this hater didn't realize is some of the athletes that are on that RMS cheer team also cheer on one or two all-star teams. I think there's like six or eight of them, which, but that doesn't, I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of biting my foot for saying that. There's 29 athletes on this team. So more than half of the team is just regular kids that don't aren't competitive all-star athletes. But I will say like these coaches have put in a lot of work to get these kids to tumble and to be sharp and learn these things. And I don't know, it just really rubbed me the wrong way. And I just I wanted to say meaner things than I said, but it's also like <laughs> I didn't know who this person was. I'm like, can I find them at this competition? Either you're gonna find them. <laughs> I mean, the thought 
the thought crossed my mind, but I'm like, eh, not worth my time. But I just basically, I, I had responded and said, like, we shouldn't be beating each other up. We should be building each other up. And like, kindness goes a long way. Like, it's not that hard to say like, oh, wow, their routine looked good. Maybe I can step up my game or something along those lines. And I more so wanted to say that because all the cheerleaders were on there and were like, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say that. And their coaches did tell them, don't respond, don't say anything. And of course, there was two of them that I guess that's the thing nowadays to say womp womp. So, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, it's, it all comes back to like haters going to hate. But then I also really truly think like, why can't we just be happy for somebody if they win, if they look good, if they put in the work? Like there's no reason to be like the jealousy is it's is a sickness. Like the jealousy is a disease and there's no reason for people to be jealous. Like to me, I would be like, okay, let me go work harder, you know? Our sinful nature, homie. I mean, <laughs> the- <laughs> No, I I think when we see these, you know, I think that we just see teams and it's just so hard for us to give credit where credit is due, you know, because I know the kids on the team, you know, they have one, they have talented athletes on the team and not super talented where I think they should be competing. Uh, Yeah, you probably should be a level two team or level three team or whatever. I think that the athletes are appropriately placed on for their level, right? And obviously, they have really good coaches, right? You know, Bailey and Taco coach them. So we have half the kids with all-star experience, regardless of the level. They have all-star experience. So they understand what cheerleading is. Then you have coaches who are really experienced coaches who understand the score sheet and understand just how to coach and communicate the kids and, you know, put together an effective routine. And a, mo- a lot of the, t- I don't say most of the time, but a lot of the times, you know, there aren't a ton of really experienced middle school coaches, right? There's not a, a lot of times a lot of really experienced middle school cheerleaders, right? And so, yeah, when RMS goes and competes, they really stand out at a middle school competition, right? And, you know, and people just can't give credit where credit is due. So I just encourage everyone, one, don't be a hater. Just find what, okay, what did they do? You know, I, I just feel like we're always so quick to blame someone's success on the fact that they were cheaters, that it's rigged, and that we don't give them credit for being people for the reasons why the other side of why teams win. Teams win for, I don't want to say team, but in general, people win in life for two reasons, because they cheated their way there, right? That's one way to win. You can win by lie, by lying, stealing, and cheating, right? Or you can win in life. I'm not just talking about cheerleading. You can win in life because you have integrity, because you worked hard, because you had values and morals and all the, and you did things the right way and those things lead to success, right? And so I think we're just so quick to assume that it was the former and not the latter and just assume that they did it, that they, you know, by hook or crook, you know, that they were successful that way. So, you know, don't let it get you down, B, or any other, not just B, but everyone out there. When you start winning some stuff, you're going to have haters. That's why, like Scottie Pippen said, you better get you some winning friends. That way they don't think you're bragging when you're winning. And they don't you're cheating when you're winning too though i mean i I saw you put in that work yesterday or all year long so good stuff i guess we'll get to a break right now and then we'll follow up on any other questions we have in the chat sounds good 
Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100-hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how Next NextGen can help you. Book a call at nextgenowners.com. And we are back. All right, guys. So we are, like I said, we're live on IG as we've been all day. So we're going to take a few questions from the chat um, and we'll see what we do. So B, I know you got to look for him, B. So what, what we got coming from the chat? What's the first thing we're talking about? Okay. First thing, this one just is in my head. Talking to seniors about a devastating season loss loss of a season Did you catch my drift no that's a hard one you know we um you know we had it last year right um senior red and senior black our senior three and senior four um we didn't make finals at the summit and you know they're devastated it's not just a see obviously it hurts the seniors because you know presumably it's their last time cheering so it there's a more of a finality to their season or to their like career at that point. But, you know, I just try to, I try to let the kids know that we're proud of them no matter what. Um, I also try the same thing I said with Blue earlier is I just try to let the kids feel their emotions and to have, and just to have their emotions, you know, and if they are, if they're mad and pissed off and want to cry, then it's okay to be mad, pissed off and want to cry. Now, I'm not saying they should commit acts of violence because of that. But just if you're just mad, I I get it. These kids put in so much work and they dedicate their life. You know, usually for these kids, it's the most important thing in their entire world, right? You know, they, you know, they're at school all day and they can't stop thinking about cheerleading, right? They're anytime they have a break, they're watching routines or they're thinking about this, right? It's like the most important thing in their entire world. And so, and especially like when we're talking about these end of season events, I know the coach that asked this does a lot of like UCA high school nationals or like, you you know, game or school teams, right? So, you know, if we're talking about they go to UCA high school nationals or they go to NCA all-star or whatever their event is, and they've just been thinking about it all year. And the worst thing that could have happened happened, you know, it's, it, it really is devastating. And I will be so truthful. I've cried many a tears, right? Over the years when we've had that devastating loss. And so I understand what it's like to be in those athletes' shoes. And so there's nothing really that you're going to say that's going to make them feel better, right? So I just try to let them know that I'm proud of them and I love them, that, you know, that we had a great season or whatever, but to kind of feel your feelings, you know, and cry a little bit. So, you know, but I I don't think there's anything that we're really going to say that's really going to, I mean, nothing we're going to say is going to change, change it, but I just let them know that I love them and, um, you know, try to hug them, but it is, it really is hard. It's really a hard one. So, you know, all right, what else we got B? Okay. Next question is as a coach's point of view, when do you decide when a team is ready for upgrades? Well, they have to be able to hit what they currently have. Well, it's two parts, right? One, when a team beats you, right? Not when you beat yourself, but when a team beat you, right? You hit your routine, they hit their routine, and then the judges said, hey, they were better. Uh, It's time for upgrades, right? That's when it's time to upgrade. Now, upgrades doesn't necessarily mean that you have to upgrade your, hey, we need a, a harder stunt sequence, especially now here we are. I'm assuming this, this is coming from the perspective that you're, 
in an all-star cheerleading and that you're competing on on the United scoring the United score sheet, right? So assuming you got all of your points in stunts and you got all of your points in tumbling, upgrades might just mean that you are, you know, what do we do with blue? Right. We had to kind of re-choreograph things because we needed to um showcase our I'm talking about American Grand. We had to re-choreograph things because I felt like the way our routine was laid out wasn't really highlighting our best features of the routine. So we re-choreographed it a little bit. Like we didn't upgrade the skills we just needed to upgrade the choreography because it just wasn't highlighting our strengths the way we wanted it to after day one of indie you know we got killed in execution right we had we only need i don't know 11 kids in standing tumbling and we had like 15 kids in standing tumbling 16 kids in standing tumbling and so for every kid after 11 our score can't get any higher as far as difficulty goes. Also for every kid after 11, our technique score can honestly only get lower because presumably you're only putting in your, once you put the 12th kid in, they're your 12th best kid, right? And then another kid, that's your 13th best kid. So every time you add a kid, you're actually lowering your score. And so an upgrade we made was, well, we got to take these kids out because our score is getting lower the more kids that we have in. And so that was an upgrade, right? Really made because of, and actually, we never actually talked about this. Our score went up like a point and a half. We took all those kids out. I don't want to say a point and a half, but it went up. Maybe it was. A, it went up a, quite a bit the, from day one to day two, just by like having less kids in the section. But when do you upgrade? So two reasons why you upgrade. One, that you just fly out, got beat, and the other team just has more difficulty than you, and you have to upgrade your routine. Other reason is because your kids have mastered the skills that they are doing, and you feel like you can upgrade your routine and and be able to successfully execute it. So, you know, there you go. I'm not sure if I answered the question, but, you know, we're on the fly here. I have time to think about these things. I think you did. Okay, so next question is, do you have any input on D1 and D2 competing against each other? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, do I? <laughs> okay, well, let me ask you this question in regards to that. The difference between D1 and D2, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is the number of athletes you have at your gym, right? Correct. So who's to say that they have three athletes less than our gym, say another gym down the mm-hmm. road, Susie's All-Stars? I don't really see a difference. As a parent, I don't see a difference in competing against them. It doesn't mean it's just numbers, amount of your gym, right? I mean, that's what's the difference? You should be all working on the same skills and which, okay, I take that back a little bit. Every coach is going to do things differently, but there's a similarity in what you're working on and the things that you're doing. It, only thing that separates you is numbers. So why not? Yeah, I think the big thing is the uh, number of resources a team has. So, you know, if you have 300 kids in your gym, you have a lot more kids paying tuition, which means you have a lot more money to spend on various resources, right? Hey, that means we can buy a tumble track, we can buy cheese wedges, we can buy all this stuff versus the team that only has 50 kids in their gym. They might not even have a gym, right? They might just be practicing out of of a park. I don't know. I just made that up. But they have a lot less. Typically, they have less resources because they don't have as many kids. Now, I want to say typically. There are a lot of gyms that have a lot less kids, but still have lots of resources for whatever reasons. But more kids equals more resources. The other thing, the big thing that more kids brings in is that you have just more pool of talent, right? If every kid, not every kid, but on average, kids are average. That's why they're called average, right? On average, a kid is average. And every so often, there's an above average kid. 
right? So we're just gonna say one out of every 10 kids is above average, right? Every time you hit 10 kids, you have another above average kid, right? So our gym has 50 kids. We only have five above average kids. Kids, You know, our gym has, you know, 300 athletes in it. I didn't do the math. I'm not going to do the math. But, you know, we have a lot more above average kids in our gym, which means we just have more talent in our gym to create stronger teams. And that's really where it um, where it comes from is just you have more pool of resources or you have more pool of resources, but you just have because you have more kids, you just have more talent in your gym. And then when it comes to D1, D2, if we have a kid get hurt on any team, you know, name the team, Junior Blue, right? Your daughter's team, your daughter's team. If a kid gets hurt on Junior Blue, we're going to replace them easily. We have a billion kids at the gym. We're just going to go, hey, you come to this, you know, you're on this team. If a kid gets hurt at the D2 gym down the street, they're not going to replace them as easily. They might not replace them at all, right? And I'm not talking about the D2 gym literally down the street from us. No one come at me. I'm just saying the D2 gym, when they have a kid get hurt, they might not replace them easily and they might not replace them at all. For us, we're just going to go, hey, Susie, you want to do this? Like how many times a season we just replace a kid in the week, right? Like, you know, kid gets hurt we just replace them that day, right? And so D2s don't necessarily have those resources. And so they're trying to make sure that they don't have to compete against teams that have more resources. Um, but you can see it, you know, when we compete against, you know, you might have, uh, you might not have been paying attention to it because you didn't have a team compete against them this weekend. But like when we go against a program like Cheer Athletics, like I can see it. I mean, they literally have, like, I think they have like a thousand kids in their one look in their Plano location, like their main gym, like a thousand kids. Right. And so you can see the way their teams are put together, that there is no reason like the bigger you are, there's no reason to make you have less of a reason to make exceptions for kids you put on a team. You know, the smaller you get, the lot more exceptions there are for kids that you put on a team. Right. We all have standards. Hey, everyone needs a back handspring. Now, the smaller, the less kid, the least amount of, or the less amount of kids you have in your gym, the more that standard gets, you know, erased or blurred. Well, we do need a back spot. She doesn't have a back handspring, but we do need a back spot. Well, she doesn't have a back handspring, but we do need a flyer. The more kids you have, you don't have to make that exception because you don't need a back spot with a back handspring because all your back spots you have plenty of back spots with back handsprings, right? And so they just have to, the bigger the gym is, the less exceptions they have to make. And it's just easier for them to put together teams. So there you go. Perfect. On to the next one. Thoughts on choreographers being head judges at EPs. Yeah, that is, um, that's a good one. The hard, here's the hard part. So judges, so choreographers, and we're, I'm assuming they're active in the game. They're currently choreo- doing choreography for gyms right now. And at the same time, they're doing judging at events. It's a hard one. It's, I think we would all prefer that they didn't do it so that there wasn't, you know, a bias towards, hey, that guy did choreography for American and he's judging American. Who do you think he's going to give a little, you know, nod to, right? And so I think there's that, that I think we would all prefer it. I think on the flip side of the token, there aren't a lot of qualified judges out there, right? There aren't, a t- there, you know, it's not like we have this never ending list of qualified judges who only judge but that who don't currently coach or do choreography at the same time, right? And so I think they try to keep judges out of their region. But, you know, I'll be honest with you. I saw a judge. I saw, I can name two judges right now who are at Spirit Sports who are definitely in this region. And I was like, oh, that guy coaches at this gym. I was like, oh, that girl is from 
right here, right? No, I'm not accusing them of being biased or whatever, but I think it's just there's so many events going on during the season and there's only so many judges that, you know, what are our choices? Get someone who we think is qualified or get someone less qualified, but they don't have, you know, I think we would all, again, I think we would all prefer that that whoever's on the judges stand only solely judged. But the other thing is, went back to what I said earlier, I think we're always looking for a reason why this team won and this team didn't win. And it is, you know, oh, it's because they're a choreographer and, you know, their team won and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, and what, what I've noticed, I'll say this real quick. We have um, Mimi, Judge Mimi, shout out to Judge Mimi. She said this on her on her episode and she said, yeah, judges, it's really, it's, judges really can't cheat. And she said this, she said, it's hard because the other judge, even if they were biased, the other judges, the other judges will balance them out. And I was like, okay, but I've noticed this with the ranking round table. We have the committee. There's a committee of 10 coaches, choreographers, industry leaders, right? In this committee who vote on who the top five teams are in the nation. Now, just because I know some of them, I know some of them have, I'll say bias. They're not biased. They just, they just are fans of a particular team, right? And so when the votes come in, especially the first round when the first round of votes came in i saw like one team on there who no one else had voted for but i know that this person is just a fan of them like they just particularly like this team and i was like that's funny like you voted for them because you like them right and i saw someone else who voted for another team that they like but because there's so many judges or not judges but so because so many people submit their teams it didn't even matter that they voted for those teams it like got all washed out by you know everyone else so you know there you go oh we're getting kind of deep into this episode let's take one more and then i guess we'll skedaddle okay so i have a good one i have to go back and look at it what's your favorite school team building skill to watch school team building skill uh i really like a clean high to high full around i think school teams are really good at twisting for whatever reason like those good really those really good like uca schools they're really good at twisting so i'm i'm always a sucker for a good high to high full around so there you go nice solid high to high is always fire or a a high to high full around in the stretch is always a fire stunt so anyway i guess that's it guys you guys have been awesome thanks for tuning in thanks for listening support the sponsors and let's go five six seven eight we're out what up party people this is jason larkins host of the let's talk cheer podcast and i've teamed up with Kristen wheeler of the cheer mom podcast and dan cotton of the cheer biz podcast that's right hey everybody Kristen here we know that you love cheer so why not dive into more perspectives tune into my podcast the cheer mom podcast for cheer issues spoken from the parents perspective then head over to dan's podcast the cheer biz podcast to learn from a gym owner on how to run a successful cheer business. And of course, don't miss the Let's Talk Cheer podcast featuring Jason Larkins, the one that we all know and love, where they talk about cheer from a coach's perspective. Which means whether you're a coach, a cheer parent, or a gym owner, we've got you covered. Find all three podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stay tuned for new episodes each week.